The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Medjinomics with a friend of Megagoria. In tonight's Medjinomics, we're going to take a step back. This time, we're stepping back to November the 10th, 2011. There are two reasons why we want to share this broadcast with you tonight. The first is in light of a friend of Megagoria's new book, which has just been released, titled, Has Satan Pulled Another One On You? Some of the subject content is covered in this broadcast. Second reason why is a friend of Medjugorje speaks about things that are clearly prophetic. Keep in mind, this is 10 years before Corona and everything that happened with the whole pandemic and how people began to think differently about the world. And yet what you're going to hear in the broadcast tonight is something which a friend of Medjugorje could easily walk into this studio today and tell you the very same things, and it will be speaking to us today. The title of the broadcast was Thinking the Unthinkable. And so here is a friend of Medjugorje, November the 10th, 2011. Well, nature is speaking to us more and more. This past week, an asteroid as large as an aircraft carrier passed between us and the moon. While there was no alarm bells going off, 
No scientists saying that it was in danger of hitting the earth. If something like this did hit the earth, of that size it'd be greater damage than what you see in the meteor hoa in Arizona or what took place in Siberia in the early 1900s. It was big enough to destroy the earth. Is that the bit fear in us? No. Do I think those things are going to happen? Well, in the end, it will. The heavens will fall. So what should we make of this? It's Our Lady who says, look at the signs of the times. It's Our Lady who said, echo in the church, which teaches also that God speaks to us through nature, through men, in various other ways. Are we listening? Do we see and compute things? Look at these things that's happening. You can say, well, toward the end it says earthquakes will increase, wars will increase, rumors of wars. Has earthquakes increased? No. Better reporting has. But there's the, there's been no measurable increase of earthquakes. So we can't say that time's here. But we can say that a great sign's been given to us. The woman clothed with the sun, the moon under her feet, crown of 12 stars around her head. Revelation 12. And we can say this is the fulfillment of all the Marian apparitions. Guadalupe. Lourdes. Fatima. All the other apparitions have led to this apparition in the fulfillment of the time of Our Lady. It's she who says these are the last apparitions on earth. Afterwards, I'll no longer appear here. Oh, yes, Our Lady did say in Medjugorje that even when I no longer appear, my eyes and my heart will still be here. She's been given a new presence that will be upon the earth, but there won't be any more apparitions where they can see her, touch her, and talk to her as now. That's a great sign. That's a big sign. And what's even bigger is Mary comes in moments of great trial in history, great moments in history, something of changing in a way that we don't understand. You could have never sent me what I got this week, an article by on November 4th about thinking the unthinkable, who will die 90 days, and it covers 90 days after a collapse or some catastrophe. People would have laughed at it 25 years ago, but they're not now. I'm told, and we haven't yet to verify, the government has bought one billion meals of freeze-dried food. Companies are upstarting all over the place and can't supply it quick enough. We're told middlemen are being cut out because the government, they're coming out with the buying it for government. And they can't supply it. If an ant can feel the impending earthquake coming, as man, though he's dumbed down, so unintelligent that he can't sense that something's coming our way, this wouldn't have been the case just simply 10 years ago. But it is now. These are interesting observations. Nature speaking to us. We were there the day after Katrina. We saw patches and flocks of seagulls dead. You would think during a hurricane they could go somewhere, fly somewhere and survive it. They didn't live through it. You see 10 over here, 25 over here. It's really strange looking at that. And even stranger... 
there was no other birds in the air. And in fact, there were no birds chirping. And we began to realize on the second day, not hearing that, that we saw no insects. There were no ants. Nothing. There was no life. It was sanitized, washed away. So ferocious that everything died or was swept inland miles away. It was four days before we heard our first bird returning. A week before we saw an ant or an insect. Pretty eerie. I've never experienced anything like that before. We'd lay there at night, no crickets, no sounds, no frogs, nothing. God wants to speak to you through many ways, through men, through nature, our lady said. And so we see our things and thinking the unthinkable now. People are giving way to that, thinking, what is the future like? Our lady is very prophetic, not for the purpose of telling us about the future and what it's going to be like, but that we can act in the present. We've been hammering on this nail for you for the last weeks of the shows to show you prophecy is not given to know the future. Prophecy is given to the present man to make his decisions now. What decisions are you making that you could make that you'll wish you did make a year from now, 10 years from now? I'm so grateful I made decisions to stay out of debt. I'm so grateful that I bought land. I'm so grateful that God gave me the wisdom to see the steps I need to take to be independent. Don't outsource Caritas even. Then do it with my company. I'm not going to do it with Caritas. Pay as we go. Everything operating here is paid for. What funds comes in goes in product. What's the product? The message. Or spiritual project. Or what we just did in Ecuador. Or Mexico City. Or Keep His Cane. Those decisions and being able to do this came from 25 years ago, 30 years ago, decisions made in the right way. I'm not saying that in bragging. I'm saying that because I says testify with words and your witness. So we're being strong about saying what decisions we make. What decisions are you making and what decisions did you make 20 years ago that is a cross for you now as bad decisions? And many people have bad decisions they made. The purpose of Our Lady's message is saying, Dear children, today means that you've messed up. We've all messed up as a culture in a lot of ways. Five years ago, 25 years ago, 50 years ago, and we're picking bad fruit. But if you want to pick good fruit, you want to plant a good seed tree that's going to grow in something, today leave this message. That plants that seed that will grow tomorrow, that will be watered by your tears and sorrows, your fasting and penance, and that tree will grow and eventually Five, ten years down the road, it starts picking good fruit. Many people, and most people, pick bad fruit right now from the trees they planted ten years ago. Or whatever time ago was made the decision. So how do we change that? Dear children today, act on this. That's what Medianomics is about. First, how to quickly change your situation of what you have by putting your means that you have, whether it's a little bit of savings or a large savings or a large investment or sell things that you don't need like a bass boat. My wife and I had to come to terms when we first got married. Did we want to keep a boat we had? It was in business. There was no Medjugorje at that time. That's 75. We got married. By 77, we had some things in a bass boat and a house. We had made right financial decisions. I paid cash for that. The house was a duplex. We did have the owner finance that. But what we did is we cut the house in half. It was so big. And we ran out to the other side and we lived there free. No payment. Actually, after he paid the payment for renting out the other side, we had $10 payment. 
And within a few short little time not having that, I was able to pay that off. But what I did do at that point was sell that bass boat. It wasn't super fancy, but it was enough money for me to take that money and pay down on the land I got here now until we could close out 100 days later, which I made more money at that time to take care of that. So those were good decisions. Those were good trees planted. In fact, decisions enough that when God called me to do what I did, I was able to say yes to Our Lady. I wasn't tied down where I had to be and continue my business. I had the means. I had the roof. I had my things set in life at a fairly young age, in the 30s. So that's what this is about, to get you thinking the unthinkable, things that you don't want to think about because it's going to be discomfort. It's going to be sacrifice. Delayed gratification brings more gratification later. Sacrifice. How many times have you heard of people did a company, they sacrificed, they, they did without? The Chinese are a great example of this. The whole family opened up a Chinese restaurant and don't make anything for years. Years and years and years. And the whole family be there working. And they may live in a, a shanty or something. I mean, I'm talking about here even in America. Because they're willing to sacrifice to get what they get. Many huge companies today was done that way in the early 1900s. You can do the same thing with your family. You can get that independence. You can get that dependent on God's way, which is pay as you go. Don't act on what you want, sir, or greedy things. But as God gives it to you, then you act on it. Put all the framework of your steps in that capacity. So we have the noise of the city. We have all these things that block our ability to think correctly. We're swept along with the technology of today. It doesn't allow thinking. There's no thoughtful reflection today. There's no quiet time for that. And for Jones reading, I reviewed this. It was just sent to us. A wonderful piece that doesn't involve psychology, but which I'm not always for, for many reasons. But the facts are the facts. What it says correlates with what I'm saying. Go out into nature. She wants us to start thinking. Go out in creation. Have an encounter with God. He'll show you what to do. This article is about nature deficit disorder. And it begins by saying, you aren't depressed. Your brain just isn't equipped for 21st century life. In my experience, the more people have the less likely they are to be contented. Indeed, there is abundant evidence that depression is a disease of affluence, a disorder of modern life in the industrialized world. People who live in poor countries have a lower risk of depression than those in industrialized nations. In general, countries with lifestyles that are furthest removed from modern standards have the lowest rates of depression. Within the U.S., the rate of depression of members of the Old Order Amish, a religious sect that shuns modernity in favor of lifestyles roughly emulating those of rural Americans a century ago, is as low as one-tenth that of other Americans. Psychologist Martin Seligman, originator of the field of positive psychology, and director of the Positive Psychology Center at the University of Pennsylvania, has studied the Old Order Amish, along with other pre-modern cultures. He concludes, Putting this together, there seems to be something about modern life that creates fertile soil for depression. Another prominent researcher, whose work I respect, Stephen Lardy, 
professor of psychology at the University of Kansas and author of The Depression Cure, observes the more modern a society's way of life, the higher its rate of depression. It may seem baffling, but the explanation is simple. The human body was never designed for the modern post-industrial environment. More and more of us are sedentary, spending more of our time indoors. We eat industrial food much altered from its natural sources, and there is reason for concern about how our changed eating habits are affecting our brain activity and our moods. We are deluged by an unprecedented overload of information and stimulation in this age of the Internet, email, mobile phones, and multimedia, all of which favor social isolation and certainly affect our emotional and physical health. Behaviors strongly associated with depression, reduced physical activity and human contact, overconsumption of processed food, seeking endless distraction, are the very behaviors that more and more people now can do, are even forced to do by the nature of their sedentary indoor jobs. This kind of life simply was not an option throughout most of human history, as there was no infrastructure to support it, much less require it. Men evolved to thrive in natural environments and in bonded social groups. Few of us today can enjoy such a life and the emotional equilibrium it engenders, but our genetic predisposition for it has not changed. The term nature deficit disorder has recently entered the popular vocabulary, though it has not yet made it into the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders or been accepted by the medical community. I believe we are gathering scientific evidence for the benefits of living close to nature, not simply for enjoying its beauty or getting spiritual sustenance, but for keeping our brains and nervous systems in good working order. A few examples. We get vitamin D, now known to be necessary for optimum brain health by spending time in the sun. Our cycles of sleep and waking and other rhythms are maintained by exposure to bright light during the day and darkness at night. Lack of bright natural light during waking hours and exposure to artificial light at night disrupt these rhythms, interfering with our sleep, energy, and moods. Hunter-gatherers and other primitive people do not develop the deficits of vision and the need for corrective lenses as early in life as people in our society do, probably because they grow up looking at distant landscapes more often than reading books, writing, or staring at television and computer screens. Because the eye is a direct extension of the brain, eye health is an indicator of brain health. Our hearing has evolved to attend to and analyze changes in the complex acoustical patterns of nature, like those of forests, running water, rain, and wind. Nature's God did not prepare us to endure the kinds of man-made sounds that pervade our cities and lives today. Noise strongly affects our emotions, nervous systems, and physiology. The problems stemming from nature deficit disorder are examples of a mismatch between our genes and the modern environment. Our brains simply are not suited for the modern world. Possibly the deterioration of emotional well-being characteristic of contemporary urban life represents a cumulative effect of lifestyle changes 
that have been occurring over many years, an effect that is now suddenly obvious. Not only do we suffer from nature deficit, we are experiencing information surfeit. Many people today spend much of their waking time surfing the Internet, texting and talking on mobile phones, attending to email, watching television, and being stimulated by other new media, experiences never available until now. The allure of synthetic entertainment, television, the Internet, is eerily reminiscent of the false promise of industrial food. It seems like a distillation of the good aspects of social life, always entertaining, yet easy to abandon when it becomes tedious or challenging. But like junk food, it is ultimately unsatisfying and potentially harmful. Our brains genetically adapted to help us negotiate a successful course through complex, changing, and often hazardous natural environments are suddenly confronted with an overload of information and stimulation independent of physical reality. Lifestyle programs intended to relieve depression by correcting the mismatch between the modern world and our agrarian thinking brains and bodies recommend such interventions as increasing aerobic exercise, improving sleep, spending more time in the sun, eating more fish to boost intake of omega-3 fatty acids, socializing more, and not dwelling on negative thoughts. In addition, I recommend familiarity with interventions that have no analog in the hunter-gatherer world, but are being shown by neuroscientists to help change our brains for the better. You know, we've excluded fruitful things outside as blue sports. We play with exchanging our kids playing with sticks for things and computer games using a stick for this. We live in a synthetic world. If you look at everything, from our food, everything, the processed, all this, even this is a paradox. And what's being written by is that it has to title it Nature Deficit Disorder. Basic common sense, basic message already tells us is we already knew this. I didn't need a psychologist telling me these things. Many people pay attention to this. It's good putting all these thoughts on paper and in a concise area, like you just said. But this is what he's been saying. She's already given us the answers, but are we able to hear that? Or is this modern society, as I said, Satan wants to divert you through modernism? Is it distract us from even being able to hear that? So maybe we do need to hear this from a psychologist, even though most people with wisdom would already know that. How many times have you heard for years and years and years about the TV from here? the cell phone, the texting. It's unhealthy. I know that already. I don't need research. I can see the interaction socially. Last night late when we brought our fast, our nine-day fast, the social exchange between all of us was such a joy. We enjoyed it. We had a real social evening because we were in that band, as this writing just said, a group, the hunter-gatherer type thing. We were familiar with everybody. We know each other. We're working with each other during the day. We go through joys. We go through sorrows, loss, and gain. We have history with each other. And breaking out of fast was joyful. We're all very happy. But it's a simple thing. But mentally, it makes us happy and healthy. It drives depression away. And we've got a culture that's depressed. And all that's in front of them that they look about is the unthinkable. And we need to be thinking about what we can do now to change the unthinkable from happening to you. Yvonne said, and you won't escape everything, he said the secrets are not going to be good. So we can't say, oh, it's positive things. If God sent it to us, it is a positive thing. Maybe going through a negative to get there, but 
it's going to be for our good. God doesn't do anything without it ending up good. And so when God turns man over to himself, which already just says, you're not alone. But she also qualifies that years ago when she says, use this time well, or use this time of grace now that it might go well for you, tells us something that's not in the future. So God is with this. Our Lady's with this. She's given us a foundation and a message how to walk this life, how to be happy. I think in Florida or maybe Ecuador someplace, I met a guy that said, I didn't know who he was. He just started talking to me. He says, yesterday I was in Cuba. He said, I met the happiest people I've ever met in my entire life. And they were so poor, so poor. This correlates with what Joan just read, that people don't have a lot are happy people. I've seen that in Mexico when I was there before. And you think, well, they're lucky. The joy they have and what we have, we don't. So affluence has hurt us. It's a good thing when we learn that we don't need things. It's a good thing not to be attached to things because God's changing the culture and things are going to go away. We won't have life as we know it right now. And that's why people need to really understand the urgency of not in fear. God don't want to be in fear of the future. And perhaps there will be manna come down from heaven. There's got to be something. But always remember that while God, he fed the Israelites, he did it for only 40 years. We're being fed manna right now for 30 years. And maybe at the end of this 40 years, we may have five years where even real manna from heaven food may come. But your food right now is a message. This is it. This is getting you to the promised land. What's the promised land? Some spot for you out from the city, someplace or wherever. And again, not everybody's got to be guarding and putting their hands in the dirt. But you got to be close to a green in life. We are not connected to the green in life. We're in cities that sterilized to that, just like after Hurricane Katrina. Everything's dead there. There were no flies in there. That's the most amazing thing. I failed to mention a while ago. There was no flies. We're there in a system that we can use the system to bridge over to where God's trying to get us to see the light and understand where to go. Our lady says, she says, quote, go into nature. She said, from my house. The only time she's ever said this, never in 30 years has she used this word again. She's repeatedly said, go have an encounter with the creator. But here in the bedroom, she said, go into creation and bless all creation. She said the word twice. She's never used the word creation. And I believe it was something that she indicated to Maria that she was going to create a community here. I'd been doing this for six years before that community started. We were on a path. We had the right mentalities about buying our land, paying for things. And so Our Lady uses this word, go out and bless all creation. I went out and blessed the trees. We got a sawmill. We see the fruit of the earth coming for straight from the soil to a product, to a cabinet, or to a table. We can do that. Kids right now here are already getting Christmas presents. They're looking at trees that they're going to cut down, naughty trees that's dead on the property. They were just in my office. Can we take off Friday afternoon? Why? Because they have duties here. These kids are responsible. They don't have TV games they go to. They don't have cell phones or texting to somebody else. They're in the natural world. They literally can live. What our lady says, I give you away this bitter because every sweetness of life. We're doing the blessing. Little Victoria, because she had to sacrifice last night during the nine-day fast because even our three-year-olds do some kind of sacrifice fasting if they, if they still can eat. They can't eat sweets. They can't have any kind of drinks. Maybe they're drinking water. But she couldn't wait to the blessing. And this message of bitterness, as soon as I saw this, the sweetness of her life, she got a dill pickle while we're saying a blessing, took that dill pickle, went over to the powdered sugar, dipped it, and started eating it. Then looked around to see if anybody was watching. The bitter and the sweet. And so these are joys for us. This is also representative of our lady's messages coming to life. And this is why she wants to give you away this bitter. But if you start on this way, we'll contain all the sweetness of life. We're experiencing that. 
It's not a bed of roses, because they're still bitter with it. And so that was A Friend of Medjugorje, November the 10th, 2011. The title of the broadcast was Thinking the Unthinkable. And as we hear his words and everything that has transpired since 2011 to 2022, it is clear that his understanding of the world based in the messages through his discernment of Our Lady's words are prophetic for us today and give us a greater impulse to share these broadcasts with everyone we meet. And so, knowing, as a friend of Medjugorje said tonight, that we will not have life as we know it right now, we know that those words have been proven true, and we know that they will again be proven true. And so, to conclude, here again is a friend of Medjugorje from November the 10th, 2011. So, what does this tell you? Our Lady's got some kind of wisdom. If you follow her messages, that's not conventional. It's not there. The psychologist, university, all these titles, we don't have that, but we knew it and we're ahead of the curve 10, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, because we were using the light of common sense, which is Jesus Christ. And that's our lady's words. Jesus is the light of common sense. The word. And so you can have that. It's easy. It's available. Not to a college degree. You don't need those things. Thomas Kempis wrote, you can learn in one moment from the Holy Spirit, one moment through deep prayer, profound prayer. It may take months to get it, but when he gives it, it gives you all the knowledge and wisdom you need to know, or wisdom, rather. You don't have to have the knowledge. Knowledge is facts. Wisdom is what you need that you can't get in six years of going to a university. I was raised that way from Catholic parents. I always want to raise you that way now. She's training and she's teaching you. So follow her. Support this mission. We can feed the people. We're set up in structures that way. You might want to leave Caritas and you will. People have done that. It's important that we feed the world because that's what our eyes own, not just feeding a local or a state or just a nation, but the whole world, the message. Transmit my messages to the whole world, Our Lady said. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. This ends the Medjinomics broadcast with a friend of Medjugorje. These broadcasts are available as CDs, which are sent directly to your doorstep on a monthly subscription. For information, contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000.